Welcome to the Screamcast episode 90. I am Sean DeRager. With me, as always, is Brad Henderson. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> BJ may be joining us or may not. We're recording pretty late and uh, she she disappeared. So yeah. let's just hope she's okay. <laughs> I'm pretty she, sure I'm, I'm pretty sure she that. found a nice comfy pillow and uh, I'm sure she's totally fine. Um, what we actually go through to bring this show together. What, what do like, we go? What do we go? No. Th- what do we go through on a di- on a weekly basis? Yeah, it, like, well, it's it's three of us trying to work our schedules. I mean, we, we've always talked about that yeah. before, but like you know, it's it's a chore in itself. Just <laughs> it's setting ridiculous. this stuff up, and then when we get guests and stuff, it's like Sean and I text back and forth for like an hour saying, "Hey." Can you do this, this, and this? Can you do these dates? No, I can only do this and this. Then uh, I have to email the guest and be like, "Hey, can you do this or this?" Yeah. No, I can do this, and it's like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, and and there's the whole time zone. I'm on the West Coast. You guys are on pretty much East Coast time zone. So it's yeah. it, it it really makes it hard because. And then if we have a guest that's overseas, we are fucked. <laughs> but then we're both fucked, so we're equally fucked on that. But um, uh, but yeah, you know, it's it's. It's you know hey we I think we make it work for what it is and hey man, uh, it's it's a lot of fun you know if we were all in the same time zone it'd be a hell of a hell of a lot easier because the easiest time for me is is either before my kids wake up which is like at five in the morning or after they go to bed we, well um, we used to do it really early yeah because that was morning. that was kind of how we when I was doing the screencast facts that one day <laughs> of all the crazy yeah, shit yeah that was a good that stuff has, uh, I mean, we could go on and on. Like, I should have kept doing that. You know, <laughs> periodically, like, every week, do, like, ten screencast facts. Yeah. Um, but anyways, if anybody wants to know, the Graydon Clark episode was the episode that I recorded entirely in the bathroom. Was it the uh, is it the great? Yeah, yeah, that's right, the Graydon Clark Yeah, man, because I got home, and then <laughs> we sat down, and it was like, my stomach we just started killing me, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, oh. you know... I can't, you know, obviously reschedule this because we're just well, about to record. It's so Graydon Clark, man. It's like so. I just had that mute button uh, like on standby. God bless that mute button. This is why, because people ask us, why don't you do the podcast live? You know, through uh, I guess Periscope or or whatever or Google Hangouts. It's just like there's yeah. so much going on. God bless that mute button, especially if especially if I'm here and and, and of course. My three-year-old has interrupted yeah. the show enough. Yeah, you know, it, I mean, it's, it, it just it's, gets it's different. Like if we actually, you know, had maybe a job out of it where we met someplace and we record. I mean, like Killer POV hasn't yeah. made. I mean, they all meet, you know, in an office and they have their guests, which is great. I mean, it sounds great. They do a great <laughs> job. We're not but jealous we, of those bastards. We're not, je- not jealous at of that at all. But you know, <laughs> it's like. It's like with us, I mean, we're winging. We wing every episode. We're not, I mean, it's coordinated a tiny bit, but man, we wing the fuck out. But I feel like I operate best in a certain winging concept. Like, if it's too Our scripted. Best episodes are the ones that are like, right, like, the, you know, <laughs> maybe just scheduled like a day out. Yeah. Hey, Sean, tomorrow we're interviewing so-and-so. Can you do that? Who, what, where, when? (laughs) 
Yeah. yeah, and then we just do it, and it actually ends up working a lot better than when we have something scheduled for like a month and we have questions. Yeah, I'm not a fan fact, of uh, not a fan of do, scripts. We do questions. not write down questions, and we usually tell the guest what we're doing right before we record. Yes. <laughs> yep. Uh, but it always works out. I, I think it's more comfortable that way because if you give like a fucking itinerary to somebody. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man, like, it's just, we, you know, we're not face to face, so it's a lot harder. Yeah. You know, especially if we don't meet these people. Again, with like Killer PV is really awesome because they get to meet before they get to chat, you know, that's, and that, and that's really cool. Um, you know, with us, I mean, we've never met these people before. So I've never met they, you in person. No, and that's another <laughs> screencast fact, you know, but I mean, it's usually, you know, Fucking Facebook message somebody, get you know, get a contact through like an email through an email. Maybe yeah. like, hey, you want to be on the show? Uh, who is this? <laughs> it's like, hey, here's like some past episodes of these guests. This is how it rolls. Yeah. Oh, cool, sure. Yep. So, you know, hey, it's worked out so far. We're ten away from a hundred, man. That's yeah, dude. Ridiculous. Next month is our two year anniversary. Holy shit! Yeah, next month we. This I isn't think too bad because that means we've only missed. 14 episodes yeah well actually no 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 because when we get think february the end of february was our first episode mm-hmm. so that means that we've only missed like under you know probably maybe around 10 episodes total yeah we've we've skipped out on which yeah. is only 10 weeks which isn't bad it's not bad at all two years and you know it's all the shit year. we got going on and i think yeah. it's fitting uh february we are gonna do four heavy metal horror episodes which is kind of fitting because that's kind of how you and i bonded online i think was when you started uh posting heavy metal horror stuff i was like you know i was like right on because i hadn't really you know been exposed to heavy metal horror but dude i'm a huge 80s metal fan um and it was just like these are movies i couldn't believe were movies that had uh, eluded me so i had a huge time fun time talking about it with you and you gave me a bunch of pointers and movies to check out and uh, you got me going down the path of heavy metal horror so that's kind of how we we bonded we bonded over music as well so there we go internet's a weird place everybody um you can bond with a perfect stranger a lot of friends yeah i mean that's dude i met bj on the internet and then you know when i was in ohio with janice you know i was like hey Come up to see you because it's only like an hour away from where my you know grandparents are. Yep. You know, and that was that was really cool. And one day, you know, we'll meet too. Someday we'll it will happen. Warm embrace. Oh man, it's gonna be awesome. We'll have our, our first episode for heavy metal horror though. Will be John Michael Thor. Fuck yes. I'm doing heavy metal like yep. little things with yep. we will give you uh, an itinerary of what you should be watching before next week's episode uh, later on uh, we got some stuff to jump into here but first I wanted to talk about a couple things Brad um, Gareth what? Evans hasn't really given us anything for a couple years uh, he's done the Raid Redemption and then the Raid 2 but hasn't really just called it the Raid Redemption it's, it's written right in front of me. It, the raid. I don't know why that <laughs> colon redemption showed up. Uh, marketing bullshit, I guess. But anyway, he no unleashed. They, when they released the sequel, they didn't do that. Like the raid two redemption again. 
<laughs> I like was looking for like maybe some kind of subtitle. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah, I, that, and that subtitle makes no goddamn sense <laughs> at yeah. all. But, oh well. Anyway, but he hasn't uh, really given us anything in the past couple years, and he, I guess, got bored and decided to do a short um, samurai action film or action scene, basically. Um, and apparently based on his Twitter, this was something that he wanted and it was like an exercise in bloodless, um, action. Cause I think he's wanting to stretch his legs and he's known for the super gory stuff, but he was wanting to try Didn't to do, do something. For his kid too, or he something? wanted to do something that his kids could watch. I, I, I have a feeling he either has some project, some projects down the line that are to be, you know, better marketable or to be marketed better. Uh, the restrictions will be probably PG-13, so I think it's an exercise for that. You never know exactly what they're doing these for, because he's not just doing this just for shits and giggles. There's something, there are future projects he is planning for by doing this stuff. I mean, me, I was also to see the reception. Oh, totally. I I mean, I would love to see him do a samurai flick. And I would, I, I would, if it's as tense and awesome some people beg to differ, apparently. Of course, those people always show up. But if it's as, I mean, I thought it was super tense. Uh, it was just fantastic choreo- choreography. And I didn't care that there wasn't blood splurting because I was totally invested in what was going on in front of me. And, and, um, I don't know, man. It was an awesome little exercise, um, that he put out there. And the reception, I think, has been pretty great. But, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's kind of the same thing. Like, you know, comparable to like even Jason Eisner hmm. who hmm. you know he shows throws some shorts every once in a while just out there and then he has like those stunt videos and music videos that he puts out you know so he's like always working yeah. you know a completely different caliber of filmmaker but, yeah well know. it's all it's all preparing for the next thing and and even if even if he doesn't do a samurai flick it's all this stuff means something. As a as a creative person, as somebody who's filming yeah. a filmmaker, you, you kind of have to do this. You need to keep your tools sharp, you know. And so, yeah, man. I mean, I would. I think we're due for a modern samurai flick. Myself, because there really hasn't been too much. I mean, that's um, well, it's always had, like um, some white dude in ninja clothes, you know. Yeah, I know, but we I had like um, samurai. You know, we had thirteen assassins. Yeah, but it's been a, it's been a while since thirteen. And assassins. we had, um, you know, well, I mean, two thousand. Well, we had two, two thousand thirteen and two thousand fourteen. We had Mike's um, remake of Harakiri, mm-hmm. and we had, um, which is really good, and it's bloodless basically, which is kind of kind of neat that they went that went that route, um, and then. Um, God, what is other his other movie that he just did? Shit, I gotta look it up. You talk. <laughs> you talk. I I just think I I just think you know on the caliber of like thirteen warriors. Um, was 13 it th- not thirteen warriors? Jesus Christ! Thirteen uh, assassins. Is thirteen nuts, assassins. Man. Um, that's fantastic. Thirteen warriors is that um, Antonio Banderas flick, isn't it? No, it's the the thirteenth warrior. Thirteenth warrior. I'm all yeah. I'm all screwed up. I can't think. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would love, I would love to see, I mean, I just want to see something new from Gareth Evans and, uh, I, I think he has something up his sleeve. I feel like he's getting ready for something, but we, we don't know yet exactly. Yeah. Um, do you, uh, I, I'm, I want to move on to other things. Do you have, uh, do you have that? Yep. Up? 
Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about, so let's move on. <laughs> I thought he had. I thought he had something else. But well, we are, that all I'm saying is, man, was 2011. We're sorry. due for in, in in the style of like you know um, Seven Samurai or or anything. Uh, I just got a couple Criterion Samurai flicks in the mail. I don't see him right now, but in, in we need we're due for some modern epic samurai flicks. I think we don't we don't get enough. Then of those. you need to check out Samurai Fiction. Okay. Yeah, Samurai Fiction is probably one of the best modern, uh, and it's black and white too. Black and Sweet. white samurai flicks. It's it's a different you know it's it's you know it has some comedy based with it, but. Um, it's really, really good, and then they did a spinoff a couple years later called Red Shadow that's based on one of the ninjas that's mm-hmm. in the film. Because it's based on samurais, but they also have ninjas that roam, you know, that, like, are in the trees that watch over the samurais and stuff and then, you know, shoot down poison darts if someone <laughs> tries to sneak up behind them. And so they, like, did a spinoff of one of those ninjas that's in the film called Red Shadow that's, you know, really fucking funny and, and good. It's just really... It's really out there, and also if you watch it, you will, or if you look up the cover, you will see where the legendary scene in the House of Blue Leaves and Kill Bill, mm. when everything turns blue, mm-hmm. it's an obvious homage, or people say rip off, whatever. Uh, obvious homage to samurai fiction is set in samurai fiction. It's red, huh? You know, cool. and that's a, even in the cover of the poster. But anyways, it, definitely check them out. They're really, really, really good. Very nice. Um, next thing I want to talk about real quick um, was John Portanova's Valley of the Sasquatch uh, is being sold overseas. Yeah. They got uh, – uh, shoot, what was the name of the company that's doing their uh, – that's doing mm. their – I – Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I had it right here. I thought you just said you made notes and you wrote shit down. I got it right here. Were you lying? No. Oh. Uh, Devil Works is the company Devil Works. That's that they that is basically I think trying to sell it overseas. So I'm not sure what's happening in the states here as far as that film being um, um, sold, but uh, they got a new poster. So this uh, Devil Works worked up a new poster, which I think is super strong. I, th- I think it works better than the previous poster. And that trailer, man, I think this – is this the first trailer that we've actually seen? Yeah, I think this is the first trailer release. badass trailer. What was that? I've heard stories of strange things being seen in the woods. We got to stay alert tonight. Hey man, it's a good trailer. It's you know, and um, well, I guess say I've seen I've seen the film. Yeah, I could say that, right? You've been playing know. festivals, man. Of course, you've seen the fucking. Film. Oh yeah, yeah, it's played at festivals. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was thinking like I don't know why I was thinking that. What I, I want to know is okay. they I've do show them. a lot of movie. they do show a lot of Sasquatch in the trailer. Um, you see, you this... see, a, you see a good amount of Sasquatch throughout the film. Awesome. That's all I want to know, and that's that's great because a lot of times we see these trailers, you see them they sh- they spoil the monster, show the monster in the trailer, and then you don't see it. You know, you barely see it throughout the film. Yeah. Um. That's great, but it, dude, it looks badass. It. it uh, <laughs> I think I was surprised at how how um 
how solid it looks. Like the cinema, the cinematography looks great. The 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 acting. I mean, this is going to be a strong. I think is this his John's first his first feature? Yeah, this right? is this is his directorial debut. I think it'll be a strong debut for him, man. I'm super excited for it. So, yeah. um, keep this it's on your good, radar. It's good too. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see because. You know, I've always been a Bigfoot fan, and and John is like, you know, I think well, he, he did his fuck, research for this thing. Well, I think he would fuck Bigfoot if he had a chance. <laughs> but, um, you know, he's very passionate about like aliens and uh, and you know, Bigfoot. He just he just likes you know monsters, and he is obsessed with like X Files and unsolved mysteries. So when I heard he was doing it, you know, I was like, man, this is totally like you know your thing. Like, this is going to be super cool. And, you know, I went through a period where it felt like I was watching a Sasquatch movie every week. You know, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like they were in the, the, the dollar VOD. area. Yeah, like, I was getting VOD movie. Yeah. You know, I was getting stuff in the mail. And I was like, what the fuck? And, like, I watched, I felt like I watched, like, six or seven Bigfoot movies, like, last year. <laughs> and so when he was saying he was doing one, I was like, shit, man, that's, like, I don't know if people are going to be interested because they're so, like burnt out on these fucking awful, you know, Bigfoot yeah. movies. Which is why I think it's smart that they're, you know, I feel like they're kind of taking their time like with this. all that much. You know, I, I was, I was really excited about exists cause I, you know, I like that director. I, I really like lovely Molly. I love the Blair Witch project, but I just wasn't into exists, uh, all that much. And then, you know, that's a film that you actually see Bigfoot quite a bit. Mm-hmm. However, you know, the camera is always pointed down at the ground. Yeah, I like that running. this is a static, classic static camera right. film. Yeah. Um, so, it's fantastic. So with this, there's, you know, there's, you can tell the love for Bigfoot too, because there's references to, you know, the old, uh, you know, documentation. I had just the name slip my head. Boggy Creek? No, no, no. Well, I mean, I don't know if there's reference to Boggy Creek, but there's multiple references to, man, the guy that fucking captured Bigfoot, like the best oh, video of Bigfoot. Right, right, God, right. What the fuck is that? Uh, anyways, it escapes me. You know, um, but he just, he just, you, you could tell like how uh, passionate he is. And I don't know. It's just, it, it's just really cool to see someone that, you know, can make something that they love, you know, kind of in that sense of, you know, that I almost said extraterrestrial, but unless you're talking about Bigfoot Lost Coast tapes, <laughs> Bigfoot <laughs> aliens blended together. Um, but I don't know. It's just, it's just really cool yeah. to see someone that's so passionate. It doesn't like see that niche in like niche and it's like, Oh yeah, let's make a movie about Bigfoot because I read that people like that. Yeah, no, no it's this, like someone that's gen, genuinely kind of like obsessed with Bigfoot and loves Bigfoot making a movie. Yeah, like that. And yeah. I think that's cool. I'm excited for it. I I, I can't wait to watch it. I need to. Uh, I I I would love to hear at least get a release date set, you know, and, and actually know when to expect it. But um, I, you know, I'm I'm glad. I feel like they're they're doing it right. They're taking their time. It's 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 gone to so many festivals and it got such. It's gotten so much acclaim from all these festivals and it's just been really cool to kind of track this film because we've known about it for a couple of years now. And, um, so yeah. it's just, uh, it's just awesome to seeing the fruition. And, and like I said, like that was the first footage that I had seen and I'm really fucking impressed, man. Like, uh, I'm really excited for this now. 
Because at first, you you know, you kind of know someone who's doing a film and you hope that it looks good. And there's always that yeah. moment that sometimes, you know, if you know somebody who's making a film that maybe doesn't look as good and you're just trying to be supportive, like, I'm generally straight up excited for this flick and I'm going to pimp the shit out of it. So Yeah, and we'll keep talking about it because, I mean, it, it you know, talking about a film that doesn't, you know – even have a word of distribution yet people are yeah. gonna forget about it yeah but right. we'll, we'll keep talking about it. i mean john's been on the show twice i'm sure we'll have him on again at some point yeah. promoting promoting the film when it's uh totally when it's available when, when, it's i think patterson. when when we patterson. get it that's the name the patterson video okay yeah like yeah, yeah old like grainy like yeah. eight millimeter footage that he filmed in the woods you know, there's a couple references to that, which is, yeah. you know, pretty cool. <laughs> Great. All right. And finally, before we get to what's on your doorstep here, um, the X-Files is back, man. Did you, get, did you catch any X-Files episodes yet? The new, um, the new season 10? Dude, no, I've never watched X-Files. Oh, shit. You're working, through, you're working through the X-Files right now. Right. Now, you're going to have to because they... They kind of they they bring you up up to speed on episode one here of season ten, but uh, I think if you if you give it the time and and watch, you know, all nine seasons. Yeah, no, I, and the I two movies. It. it was just something that I've never like. It's always intrigued me, mm-hmm. and I know it's a hundred percent right up my alley. Yeah. But I don't know if it was something I was just too young to start television with and then just never kind of got into it. X-Files is weird because there are the Monster of the Week episodes, which are always, for the X-Files, my favorite ones. Like, there's one called um, Squeeze, and that's one that freaked the hell out of my daughter. But it's called Squeeze, and it's about this guy that squeezes through air vents to kill people and eat their livers. Stretch. That's it. Stretch. Stretch. And, um, oh, hey... Hey, BJ's online. Let's try to bring her bring her on. Yeah. Do it, um, do it mid-show so we can record it. Um, no, I, I just actually finished, I think, episode six of the first season. So I'm slowly going to work myself nice. through it. But, yeah, man, I'm, like, completely hooked. Awesome. Hey, BJ. BJ's in oh the house. God. <laughs> <laughs> I am, like, the most old man, old man that's ever lived. Well, you didn't have to, you know, re-wake up to join us, but we're glad to have you. We are, we are, uh, we haven't even got mid, to what's on your doorstep we're yet. mid-episode. We're actually talking X-Files. Have you seen the new X-Files episodes? I have, and I'm not supposed to have because I watched it without Zach, and he's going to be really upset oh, when he's listening sh- to this. And it's like, shush. you watched it? No, you didn't. No, she didn't. She's <laughs> she's kind of still tired and making stuff up, Zach. Um, <laughs> I'm just delusional. <laughs> but no, I, I, I think, I think you know, people, of course, like to shit on new stuff, apparently, but I... If you've that's watched like the, that's the, like old, the thing to do now, I guess. If, but if look, if you've watched seasons one through nine, uh, seasons eight and nine were the rough patch of X Files. Like I've only seen the, I haven't seen episode two yet because I haven't had time for season ten. But the first episode, yeah, it was a little bit of exposition dump to get everyone caught up. But I'm fucking pumped, man! Like I, I'm so excited to have X Files back, and it felt like. An, an X Files episode. I don't know what people are complaining about. Well, I think it's it's one of the most you know being a fresh you know kind of non biased person coming in because like I said I've never seen an episode um, other than you know what I just started last week. Like I literally have never seen a fragment of X Files. Um, 
and going in, I think if you took all the X-Files out and just made it about kind of the relationship and chemistry between, you know, uh, Scully and Mulder, Mm -hmm. like, that's the show right there. Yeah. Like, them just interacting with one another is is fucking great. Yeah, and it, it's 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 great to have them back. They haven't missed you a know? step with their chemistry. Um so I'm excited to see where it goes. And it's like people, it's, this is six episodes. This is a six episode arc. I'm sure they're going to have some monster of the week type stories, but it's it's like I don't understand why everyone puts so much on the first episode they're, to a TV it's show. It's probably because mm-hmm. they're just expecting a lot more. That's the problem. You know? need, everyone needs to just chill the fuck out. But yeah, I, I think everyone's kind of forgotten that some some of the beauty of the X Files is that it wasn't like you know crazy in your face alien show. Yeah. Like it just wasn't. It was a little bit more subdued than that, and that's why it was kind of so cool. And they're still following that formula, but I think we're so conditioned now that there is such a such an abundance of genre television between. The Walking Dead and Hannibal and you know what mm. have you. I think people are accustomed to seeing a lot more all the time. So now we're getting this kind of ease back into something that's popular, and we're like, well, what do you mean there's an, a crazy exploding alien <laughs> right. every thirty seconds? I mean, it know? feels like the show's never left. Like it's, I mean, yeah, like I said, eight nine weren't that great, but it just it feels like they're just dropping right. We're, we're, hey, we got a new X Files season. Here we go. And uh, it, it's just great to have have it back. So I'm I'm excited to watch it. And uh, I don't know, but a lot of a lot of meh and hey, it's okay and blah, blah on the internet. Internet these days is pissing me off, people. Um, so well, I will tell I will tell you this, man. I I was super excited for Arrested Development uh, last season four, and I got about I think an episode or two episodes in. And I said no. And when Wet Hot American Summer announced their thing, I was super excited about that. And I about two or three, two or three episodes in, I was only like six episodes too, and I gave up. What? I, my wife it. and I watched it. And we 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 laughed. It got dumb, but we we laughed. I, yeah, it gets uh, real nuts and weird, and I love it. <laughs> it gets I don't super even nuts. think I. I don't even think I smiled. Uh well, you hate comedy, so you apparently not. You have a black. Know little black nugget of coal oh that's heart. racist what <laughs> all right i meant uh, black is weird burnt and shriveled wow. all right um <laughs> real quick uh i'm gonna put this in the show notes but there's an app called jog j-o-g-g and oh, i put a, a video thing off. up that I, it's it's a cool little app, or you can use the website where someone places a question, video question out, and you guys can reply by clicking reply. You have to sign up for an account, but you can rep- a video reply back. And I put one up there. It'll be in the show notes for next week's show as we dive into heavy metal horror. We want to know what your guys' favorite heavy metal horror flick is, and briefly why, like a sentence, why it's your favorite. And it would be fun to have a collection of those to kind of play on the first uh, this first heavy metal horror episode. So check that out. Leave some video replies, and uh, it, it, it could be fun. I like this is a kind of a cool little tool that I hope will enhance the show. So we'll see how it goes. It could it could bomb, but um, that's out like there. The show. 
<laughs> we are going to be talking about um, of unknown origin and dominion today because we didn't get to those last week because we, we ran out of time. So we'll get that get to those in just a minute. But first, let's jump into what's on our doorstep. Holy cow! I almost forgot. We'll get the door. Pizza. <laughs> Okay. All right. Brad, are you going to go first this time? Um, no. I went first last time. I can go first again. I don't care. Go I can go first because I have, like, nothing. <laughs> you that, know, you hang up first. That's that what it? this is turning into right is now. Is that it? We yeah. To, <laughs> we need to draw names out of a hat before we record. All right. Of, how about out of Fedora? All right. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> Fuck you, Brad. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and go. Is it BJ, you have nothing? I have two of them. Two, but okay, let's go. Let's hear them. Wait, what is the oh. rubbing sound? I'm hearing something. The rubbing sound. BJ's rubbing I, the microphone against her mouth. I'm Whoa. not. Though. Oh, okay. You would know. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I don't know what sound you're hearing. But uh, <laughs> regardless, I only, I only have two. You're both perverted. I, I should have stayed asleep. Um, so the first one was I finally caught... Um, something that I had watched when it was kind of in its festival run, um, I got to watch like a press screening from it, but it, you know, it was kind of watermarked and it, it definitely took me out of it, especially for this film. So I finally got to watch one animal's dream, which well, shit, is, yeah, I saw that fantastic fest, like 2014 or something. Yeah. Like I had, yeah. I had seen it when it was first doing its festival run, but I, I kind of forgot about it because I don't know why, but the first time I saw it, it just didn't pull me. And it has everything that I like. I mean, it's very atmospheric. It's It feels very kind of cold. Uh, it's foreign. And it deals with the parallels between, you know, werewolf transformations and uh, women going through puberty, which is a oddly specific subgenre that we have a lot of films about. And I love pretty much all of them. Kind of that, you know, ginger snaps feeling of, Oh, I've started my period and I'm also a werewolf. So you'd think that it'd be super, super into it. And when I first saw it, I really wasn't, um, rewatching it, no watermark, being able to put it on my television with the surround sound, made a world of difference hmm. because this film is very atmospheric and you need to kind of let yourself be surrounded by it um, to really kind of appreciate the beauty of it. Um, it is real slow. So if you... I saw it at midnight. Oh, it is not a midnight film. <laughs> yeah, oh, and, dear God. And I was like, I liked what I saw, but then... When it came out on BOD, I was like, oh shit, that's that fucking kind of cool ass werewolf movie that I caught glimpses of because I kept dozing off. Like, I normally don't fall asleep in movies, but this is a, it's, it's really, really good. However, it's just very slow. Like, it's, it's, yes. it's, it's coming a coming of age and character building movie. And, you know, when shit kind of does hit the fan, I was, I was asleep. What's the name of that? Like- What's the name of Animals, Animals Dream? Okay. The closest thing that I can compare it to, and I know that it gets this comparison a lot, 
with, but you know, it kind of makes sense. It is very let the right one in, um, yeah, in is, the 100%. vein of just it just it is. I mean, they're very different films. I think they cover two very different parts of your life um, with adolescence. Um, but if you, if you like Let the Right One In and like, you're cool with that type of movie, then you're going to be cool with this. But if you're expecting something like Ginger Snaps where it's kind of snarky and a little bit quicker, you're not getting that. Hmm. Um, so that's good to keep in mind, but, um, I think it's on Netflix. That's where I, uh, yeah, I, think I caught it's on it. Netflix now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's anywhere else, but Just it is OD, really good. Yeah, it is. It is really good. You should definitely check it out. So there's that. Um, and then the other thing that I watched this week is a lot of the Cleveland filmmakers have. Um, it's it's primarily like so Zach and I with Turnstile and or uh, with Sickening Pictures and then our friends over at Turnstile Films and um, like some of our actor friends. Um, have decided that once a month we are going to be doing a Criterion night where one household will, you know, pick a Criterion movie that they love, that they think, you know, yeah, this absolutely is a classic. This is something that should be, you know, seen by everybody because of, you know, this reason. And it's kind of a way for us to, you know, look at, you know, some films that we either have forgotten about or films that we would never really seek out. Or, you know, films that inspire us that we never would have thought. So last week was the first edition, and we decided to keep it, you know, we're not doing any deep cuts on the first week. So we watched The Game with Michael Douglas and uh, Sean Penn, which I don't know why this movie hasn't made a resurgence. I love it. Because it is a giant fucking episode of black mirror. Like it is black mirror <laughs> before black mirror, but the whole time I'm watching it, which I had seen it before, but I don't remember when I had seen it, which is, I don't know over the years when I've watched as many movies as I have, especially ones that I probably should not have watched at young ages. I don't remember ever seeing this movie, but as the movie was going on, I completely remembered everything that was happening. So I have seen it at some point, Um, but I was watching it and I was like, holy shit, this is, you know, exactly like that, you know, Black Mirror episode, White Bear. It's like, no, like this is totally the source material for um, for that episode. So it, it's just weird to me that when black mirror came out and everyone just kept saying, Oh, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. It's like, but there is, <laughs> and this is definitely it. Um, the criterion, uh, transfer remastering, um, that they did to it is gorgeous. Um, sometimes I get a little scoffy at criterion. I'm like, it doesn't fucking matter. It's, who cares? Just, you know, watch whatever movie it is, but it, it looks really, really nice. Um, on Blu-ray, um, Michael Douglas looks crisp as hell. And if you can make him look crisp then your editor <laughs> is doing something well. Um, so he's great in it. And then, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a movie I recommend, but it was, it was cool. Um, yeah, I can see why it has a, a criterion, why it's been deemed worthy by you know the yeah, Criterion Academy. That should be your, your your real thing is 
deciding if it's worthy for Criterion because Criterion does kind of the same thing that everybody else does is they just get basically buy out 10 movies and, you know, they just release it under their label. You know, Which it, is it's, so weird to me is that they have this kind of air about them that they're, you know, exclusive and, you know, they're yeah. the best of the best and you have to be deemed worthy to be a part of them. But they you're right. They can be rebuy Wes Anderson flicks. I don't understand. Right. But like they're doing the exact same thing that everybody else does. They're just no, Wes Anderson titles. has a deal with Criterion that they're automatically well, yeah. released under that label. But they, like, they, yeah. they come out on the the whoever releases the movie first in theaters, it comes out on their label first and then a year later out on Criterion. Really odd. Right, but even but the physical media rights are always Criterion. No, I'm saying they come out on Blu-ray. I I have Moonrise Kingdom already. I bought it for like five bucks. And then oh, like, really? uh, for like two weeks like a month later is out on Criterion. For like thirty bucks. So I was like, well, well I got it's just the movie. like it's just one of those weird things. Because I mean I've seen some Criterion films that are just really like just B movie trash, but it's one of those things that there's like you you try. I think it's just like I think they kind of started out that way. But I mean, we also have a company that I mean, visually the movies are stunning, but they also released The Rock and Armageddon. <laughs> right, and we need to stop being so precious with shit like that. I mean, Armageddon is pretty legit but i'm not looking at that <laughs> saying that it's you know going to be carrying the same amount of weight as some like i don't right. know some artsy 1920s french whatever the fuck movie See, and i don't buy those it, it at just, all right but like you're those not the audience usually the that. that's totally fine no, i'm, I'm watching like, once you and don't, fall asleep but you don't have to be the audience for that but right. i'm just kind of sick of Kind of that entitled mentality of like, no, if Criterion didn't release it, it can't be any good. I'm like, you nah. dick, man. If it's a good movie, it's a good movie. It doesn't matter who Right, yeah. It. There's this misconception that everything that they release is like the best of the best. And it's and it's not. It's just a fucking ordinary movie. If you took some of the Arrow titles mm-hmm. and you put them under Criterion, then they would be worshipping and praising them. And it's like, no, it's the same fucking movie. It's just one label got it before the other. Yeah. I want to see yep. a criterion exactly. I want to see a criterion presentation of Caligula. That's what I want to see. Yeah, like if they released Caligula or they released what were those what was that one um uh like the Doctor Jekyll and Mrs. Osborne oh, yeah. or you yeah. know the or the Grand Buffet or Cemetery Without Crosses. If they released any of those or Day of Anger they released any of those. It would be put on a higher pedestal, and that's not how it is. It's just another label. It's just they kind of curate theirs a little bit more. Yeah. They, they they do some really good you know, restoration. They, yeah, they, they keep do good everything restoration. Yeah, they do a great job. Their final product is yeah. amazing, yeah. but the selection process isn't yeah, some crazy pres- – like, there's no fucking crazy prestigious academy for no. criterion that people seem to think that there is. There's just a fucking company acquiring yeah, they're, they're, the they're titles they want. And, they're wheeling and dealing just like all the other companies. They're, I guarantee yeah, you they're, they're bidding on all the same movies – that all these other ones are, and especially you know some of these horror horror titles. Um, and I was excited. I always get excited when they when they finally get a horror title every now and then. You know, like so. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think buy the movies you like. You know what I mean? There's a whole bunch of stuff on Criterion that I don't buy because I'm like I would never watch that. You know, for a while I almost got sucked in though. I almost did. What's what's one that you bought? 
Dude, I don't know. They're all. I have a whole Criterion stack in the other room. I haven't even looked at. It. Like, you know, there's just there's a handful in there that are. I'm like, I want to watch, but you know, I, I need to be in the right mood to watch some, you know, French new wave whatever. <laughs> True. Um, yeah, that was something I'll get my doorstep. Cool. <laughs> so I will. I will rattle through mine. I uh, I got to the 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 movie. Everest, which I was kind of hoping would be, you know, um, a little more, I guess, exciting than what actually it was. <laughs> it turns out when you're freezing, uh, you can't do a whole hell of a lot. So when all the shit goes down, which is pretty intense when things go down, um, the, the, it, and, and I, I kind of respect it for that. And, and it's almost like maybe the I haven't seen The Revenant, but everyone's complaining that all Leonardo DiCaprio does is crawl through the snow and everything. Um, if you're in sub-zero weather, you can't fucking move. So you end up crawling and moaning, and that's all you can do, or just laying there and hoping you survive. <laughs> and that's pretty much what Everest is. It's it's kind of a stat, you know, standard disaster type type films based on a true story. A lot of uh, huge actors are in it. Um, uh, I'm not going to go down the list, but. Um, is, is, and, and there's, a, there's some moments where if you blink or look away, all of a sudden one of those huge actors is gone, dead, just disappeared. Like, I, I have a weird, I didn't really enjoy it as much as I wanted to. It's a bleak film, but, um, I kind of respect the fact that they just, when people die or whatever, it just happens. It's not, it's, and it's not theatrical at all. Like, it's pretty realistic in, in that sense, but sometimes realism doesn't make for a uh, a, a great film, if that makes it an entertaining film. So um, it's one of those I want to I want to rewatch it to kind of see if there's anything under the surface. But um, but uh, it was okay, and I and I I I have a feeling that if you saw this in 3D, you probably were. Other than the gorgeous vistas of the mountain and the sunrise and the storm coming in, you're probably going to be pretty disappointed because you know a good half of the film takes place in a blizzard. So, but uh. Anyway, you totally talked me out of seeing that movie. Rent it. Yeah, I was just gonna say the same thing. I was well, like, I was hoping uh, for well, something a little more, a little more like exciting as your seat. But if you think about it, it's in in a real life situation like that. You know, it's not gonna be because the way weather comes in and in these freezing temperatures, you, you the wind bites through you fast, and you can't, you just can't move, and they're low on oxygen. You know, and that is mm, no problem. That's so it's true. like, it's realistic, but almost to his fault, you know? So, I mean, there's no Sylvester Stallone cliffhanger shit in this one. Well, then I'm out. <laughs> but I do respect, yeah. I do respect it as a film. Um, so I would definitely say, and the problem with this was this was a ripe release where they could have put, cause I guess there is a documentary about the expedition. Um, if they would have included that documentary, it would have made this probably a little more, in, of a great package, you know, and, and, uh, but, uh, I would say rent it if you're interested. Um, my daughter is actually learning about Everest and everything in school and she's interested in watching it. So, um, so traumatize her, I, I, but that's the thing. Like it's so realistic. Show her almost, alive. Show her alive. It's a lot. Yeah. Better. Yeah. 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 There's nothing as uh, it's not as good as alive, but, um, as far as like a historical type thing, you know, uh, you know, it, it would be this would be something you can show in a classroom if you're talking about this. It's it's pretty scary. Gotcha. Um, right, moving along, I watched M Night Shyamalan's The Visit. Yes. And 
I kind of liked it. I it, uh, it I I love It's okay to like it. Don't feel shame. I love the Look. twists and turns. I I and it, Brad said he saw the twist coming a mile away. I had totally forgot about uh any, any twist. Like it's not not necessarily I guess it kind of is a twist, but it there's a surprise. And it actually caught I was like, "Oh shit." when <laughs> when it happened. So, but I I I have a problem getting into the whole we're doing a documentary thing, especially with kids. Cause I'm like, there's no way this kid is, you know, um, put this all together after the fa- after all the shit went down, there's no way she edited it down into an entertaining it's, documentary. Oh God, but it's not that there's no editing. There's no, there's no putting a thing together. They're not finding anything. It's not presented with credits. Right. You're seeing as it actually happens. Okay. Through there, because right. it's kind of like Chronicle, it, right? Chronicle did the same type of thing. Yeah, yes, I mean, no, they're not, exactly they're not finding they're not finding the footage from all those cameras or, or piecing yeah. it together. The cops aren't piecing uh, footage together unless it's actually stated this video was recovered. No, it's just it's just a catalyst to actually tell like a story. It's just a different method of storytelling. Yeah, at this point. But uh, for what it was, once I got past that, I mean, I had to kind of force myself to get past that. But once I did, I mean, I think this is a return to form for M Night Shyamalan. I mean, he's one of those directors that I've always kind of been rooting for and hoping he gets back to doing something at least that will kind of give me some goosebumps and shivers. And you know, this there's some scenes in this man that you know I was kind of. Closing my eyes and, you know, clenching my fist together. And I know for a fact, butt cheeks were clenched too, uh, (laughs) that if my kids watched this, they would definitely get scared shitless in in some moments. And I know that as far as like transitional horror goes, I think this is a, you know, going to be one of those films that, that they watch because their generation is used to talking to a video camera watching other people talk to them at a video camera. They're in this YouTube generation. And because my son walked in as I was watching and he was like, oh, what are you watching? And then he saw it was kind of maybe going to be scary and he kind of darted out of the room. But he was he saw that kids were making a film and that attracted him to it. So um, so I I think this is going to I think this movie is going to hold up, I think, especially for younger the younger generation. It's going to really, I think, get a lot of kids into horror and. You know, scary grandparents, man. There's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I want to watch it again because, um, when I got done, I know that it was trying to hit some, some notes, like, uh, some sentimental notes with family and stuff, but I kind of missed that because I was just wrapped up it's in a, it's, everything it's else. It's like but I think 20 it's, times better the second time around. Okay. Cause I know there's a lot more there. Um, but, um, but yeah, I was, I was genuinely surprised by it. I, I, I'm glad to see, you know, M. Night Shyamalan kind of tackles something smaller scale after his kind of playing with big budget stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for what he's gonna do with Tales for the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt. Um, so, so you haven't addressed the unsung hero oh, the, of the kid that rapper? movie. The rapping? Yes. God almighty. I, I, it was nine it's minutes glorious. in. It was nine minutes in and this kid has rapped twice and I almost turned it off. I well, was like, I don't know if I can handle this kid. Glorious. Cause but, you want to know what's going to be funny? What uh, like you, you like, Oh, I'm going to turn this off. Uh, what's up Noah in like seven years? Cause that's totally. every single kid. Totally. I know. And you're right. I know. 
You're totally right. So better get used to it and learn to embrace that. I shit. wasn't. I wasn't awkward and dumb at that age at all. <sighs> no way. I was. I still am. Jenkos. All right. <laughs> Moving along here. Uh, finally, is it the last thing I watched? Yeah. Uh, Henry Rollins. He never died. Yeah. Sweet. And I. I'm a huge like. I knew that there was kind of a religious twist to this and I'm, I, it's, it's, I don't, I don't think it's, uh, any spoiler that he, who he is, right? He's, cause there's, there's basically, what intrigued me about this film was there is this Jewish mythology about Cain, um, when he first mur- he was the first murderer, right? In, in the Old Testament or in the, the Jewish tradition, the Torah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can get ner- I can get nerdy religious people, so watch out. I've studied this crap. Um, so he was the first murderer, and and for him killing his brother Abel, God cursed him to walk the earth until uh, for basically forever. And so when I found out that Henry Rollins is basically playing Cain in this wandering Jew wandering Jew mythos, and a friend of mine had been working on a script about the wandering Jew, about Kane. He even was doing a comic book and talking to movie studios about it. So I kind of wonder if some stuff got ripped off from him or inspired by, cause he was going around the, you know, all the studios shopping the shit, but, um, but all that's kind of below the surface. This works as more of a kind of revenge, uh, action, kind of not really action. There's our action beats to it. But it's about more you know, of a noir film. Yeah, it's definitely more noir mystery. There's the underlying like supernatural element to his character, and it's also super funny. It's deadpan hilarious because this is a basically an immortal person deal an immortal person dealing with this bullshit again. <laughs> you know, you can tell he's been through this bullshit for millennia, and nothing surprises him. Uh, it's almost like he wishes he was a few thousand years back, uh, rather than dealing with all the, 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 the modern bullshit, but, uh, it's great. Henry Rollins is pitch perfect. I loved him in this and, uh, it's pretty cheap. I bought it on voodoo for like nine bucks, nine ninety nine. I was just going to ask, you know, where, where it's available. Yeah. Um, I think you can rent it as well. It's probably going to show up on Netflix soon, uh, with these types of movies. They always do. Um, and I hadn't seen the Blu-ray around. I think it's out, but I just, I saw it and I'm starting to purchase stuff digitally now, which freaks me out a little bit. I bought three movies, was it three movies? Two movies this week digitally. And, uh, dun, dun, dun. I am Thor and then he never died. And I'm kind of freaking out about it. I didn't buy the Blu-rays, but, uh, anyway, he never died. Fantastic movie. If you if you're going in expecting a balls to the wall, just action flick. Like there's so much more to this movie than that. It is definitely, as Brad said, more of a noir. And just let the story unfold and give it a chance. And the last 20 minutes um, are just fantastic. And there's a he he has a moment at the end that I was just like, it's probably my favorite part of the movie. Um, and uh, it's great. Henry Rollins is, is is great. I want more from this. I, apparently, they're going to be they're talking about possibly doing a TV show with this character and yeah. Henry Rollins. Nope. No. Yes. Yeah. 
No, don't, don't, just because someone likes something, don't make a TV show. That's what Henry Rollins said in an interview. This was, uh, this need, was basically written as a pilot for a TV show, and it is, well, it, it looks like it's, it looks like it's a made for TV movie anyway. But, you know, <laughs> the, he, no, it's a great movie. It's actually one of my favorites. I saw it at, um, it's very low key. It's not, it's not like they're, they have, they really relied on a lot of cinematography. It's very, it, it, yeah, I can, I can see that. It's very static. Yeah, I mean, I just I saw it um, South by Southwest last March, and you know it went over really well. I was surprised that I liked it as much because I kind of saw a clip of it, and I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to watch a direct-to-video looking Henry Rollins movie. But I was very, um, I was very impressed with it. Very well, funny. He elevates so much of the film, and he does a really good job. It's it's great. I mean, and it is. Very, uh, very funny in a, in a subversive way. Well, it's good that you bought it on Vudu because it looks like it's only getting a DVD release, huh? Um, on oh, February second. So, okay. buy it an the HDX. worst cover I've ever seen him ever seen him alive. Not a good cover. No. When you look at it, it looks like he's just like it's going to fail because people are going to look at it and they're really like, oh, this is one of his like spoken word things because <laughs> it looks like he's screaming and yeah i don't, that's what he I don't does understand the cover word. and then the wings i don't understand the wings because kane wasn't an angel although in the beginning when he has a shirt off he it looks like he did cut off wing. i don't know I, there's a lot more going on there that uh you know that's because religious i cannot iconography sells really, really well. So yeah, you and, don't have to know anything about it. They just see cut off. Right. And, and they use a cross Ooh. in a, a cross in the title. And Cain, um, comes from the old Testament and the whole story, that whole thing is totally Jewish. hundred so percent. Yeah. No cross at all. So, Pick all right, moving on. In. Brad. I'm, I'm, I'm just got depressing stuff. So <laughs> I'll, I'll start. Um, I watched a, not a very good movie. Um, I watched, uh, Olive released a Bela Lugosi film called Voodoo Man, where um, these couple of guys run this filling station whenever a young woman ro- rolls through and she's by herself. Um, they basically set up um, kind of a roadblock and kidnap her and take her to uh, Bela Lugosi's character, um, to kind of turn her into um, a zombie with like a ceremonial ritual, and he just kind of collects them. Um, of course, there is a screenwriter who's going to be writing a story about some. I'm not going to kind of go into detail about that because it kind of spoils a little bit. Uh, he's going to write a story about something, and his girlfriend is um well is actually his girlfriend's sister gets um actually kidnapped and the hunt goes on very by the books um and it's also it's kind of self-aware because they make a lot of monster references there's even a you know a reference in the movie where he's like man this would make a really good movie you should have bella lugosi play the bad guy and it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that kind of ruins ruins things. I, I don't know if the, it's just people really got a kick out of that back in the day. 
But it just, I don't know. I find that kind of stuff, you know, breaking that kind of fourth wall or whatever. Uh, would, that, would that be considered breaking the fourth wall? Mm, no, so that's not mm, talking not really. directly to the audience, but still, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's very bad in, in its style, though. Yeah. So, anyways, it, it's just I don't know. With a lot of the older films, you know, it's it's hard to build that suspense because we're so desensitized with uh, with you know the films of today. So, um, watching something that is older, um, it has to be doing something fresh or new or have some kind of, you know, something remarkable or, you know, a story that hasn't been done. You know, look at the fucking Twilight Zone episodes. Jesus, like all the old Twilight Zone episodes are pretty fucking cool. They're original. Like people got ideas for movies from them. And you would think that, I don't know, with with all of that happening, watching older movies – it kind of sucks because it's like, oh, cool zombies of women, like woohoo. So, anyways, not 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 a very good movie. And then it's, I watched. It's, it's not a good movie. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, I'll just I watched, go out and say it. <laughs> I just watched another one, uh, another movie. This was actually not that bad because now this did something a little bit different. Um, Screen Factory released the brain that wouldn't die which is actually an episode on Mr. Science Theater 3000, which they actually have the episode of Mr. Science Theater 3000 on the Blu-ray. Wow. Um, but they actually did a new uh, high-definition uncut um, transfer for this. Um, dude, there's like uh, deleted scenes of boobies because apparently for foreign markets – they did scenes with kind of the same scenes over again, but the actresses were nude. Huh. Crazy, right? Well, however, um, I guess the audio is damaged, so they could only do the video. And it's also a separate, you know, it's and the special features and everything like that. Um, so kind of a, a really kind of unique story. There is a um, – a woman that is decapitated um, in an accident and the head is taken and she is being kept alive by a doctor who then tries to save her by getting a body for him to use the body, chop off the head and then put her head on the body. She knows that that works. however she becomes she can starts developing like uh she can with there's like this mutated monster that actually lives in kind of the house where they are and she since she can't move of course she's just a head in a pan um she develops kind of this relationship with this mutant um and the story kind of goes from there. It's kind of batshit crazy. Like I understand why it's a mystery science theater 3000 because it's really fucking nuts. However, this is something that was, you know, an older film and this is like in the sixties, but completely like off the wall. And that's the cool thing. And one thing I never really liked about mystery science or whatever the fuck it's called. Mystery science theater 3000 is that they were making fun of the movies that were really trying to do something new and creative 
versus kind of like the really run of the mill by the book, uh, black and white seventies movies that were, you know, really trying like turn it out and say, look, we're just going to do something fucking crazy. Like these people obviously might've been on drugs making this movie. And I, I don't know. I, I kind of res- respect that. So watching it, you're not bored at all. You just can't believe what you're actually seeing. Uh, is the movie good? Not really necessarily, but you know, it's enjoyable to watch something this crazy from the sixties, because if this came out today, we would be all over it. Be like, holy shit, this movie's fucking insane. Um, but I don't know with movies from the, like the forties, fifties and sixties that did that. We just kind of shrug and be like, Oh, you know, we just, those are goofy black and white movies. I think it's kind of unfair. I don't know. That's just my opinion. You guys aren't saying anything. So fuck you guys. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, next up, I watched a movie called war pigs um it is on the cover it's luke goss Dolph lundgren chuck liddell <laughs> mickey rourke oh, however Lord. these guys really aren't in the i mean Dolph lundgren and luke goss are in in the film uh quite a bit um but kind of this is hey what if we kind of made the sons of the expendables movie <laughs> That's what it feels like. They just took a bunch of young kids. Noah Segan is one of the young kids. Um, and they call themselves war pigs because they like getting dirty. Um, that's a quote in the movie. Um, and basically Dolph Lundgren and Luke Goss train these kids to be, you know, better soldiers. That's pretty much it. It tries to do this expendables thing. Like, because you have like Mickey Rourke coming in and organize and be like, hey, man, dude, Mickey Rourke looks awful. Dude, he was in that one movie I talked about. Um, oh, crap. He didn't show up to like the last 10 minutes and he's on the cover. Blunt, oh, I, Blunt Force Trauma. He looks so I, bad. I had, well, because he was just in Iron Man, whatever, 100, Iron part Man three, 2, part 7. Yeah, but he, um, afterwards he got some work done or something. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, he looked good for Mickey Rourke. I mean, because he, you know, he had the drug thing and, you know, it just, I feel bad for him because he was always a, he's, I thought he was a great actor. He's amazing um, in that wrestler, in the wrestler. Yeah, that's Incredible. what I'm saying. Like, he had the, like, this comeback. He was this really good actor, you know, 80s and, you know, the 90s. And he kind of dropped out because, of course, everything that he was going through. Um, but I don't know, like, I honestly did not know it was him when he showed up on screen for a second. (laughs) I looked and I was like, holy shit, that's Mickey Rourke. But like, they do that intro with kind of the bigger, you know, uh, I mean, fucking Luke, Luke Goss was in like a death race movie. Uh, Chuck Liddell was, I think, in Expendables. (laughs) Yeah. Chuck Liddell was in Expendables, right? No, I don't, I don't fucking know. The first one, whatever. I I don't know. But it, it, it tries to set up that. Expendables thing, but then they hand it off to a bunch of young kids, and the only notable one that I knew was Noah Segan. But even the general public's not going to know who Noah Segan is. Yeah, he's that guy from Looper to the general public. <laughs> yeah, if they remember that, you know. So yeah, it was, even yeah, you're absolutely right. And it was just like one of those things where they should have switched it around. They should have been like, these young kids aren't going to do this job. We got to go get these old dumb guys to do it and then that so battleship 
<laughs> well, actually, Expendables, you know, you would have like kind of this – it's like a knockoff Expendables, but, you know, they literally are Expendable because no one cares. Do you remember um, what we were talking about on Twitter about being sprayed with the milk of a cash cow? That's <laughs> what you watched. Well, I'm about to talk about that movie that I saw four trailers of shark movies. <laughs> oh, God. I – I watched uh, Jared Cohn's uh, Little Dead Rotting Hood. That sounds Star- terrible, and I have oh, no interest. Man. Starring Ouija's Bianca uh, Santos. Okay. Bianca Santos. Like, they Bianca. literally, <laughs> they, they put, like, I was thinking about it today because I saw the cover and I was like, Ouija, like, what the fuck? What movie is that? And I was like, oh, shit. And I'll shit you not. I was looking through Voodoo, and um, I have uh, Ouija on Voodoo, and Willow goes, let's watch that. I said, I think we watched it. She goes, oh, yeah. Did we? And I was like, that's sad. When you watch (laughs) a movie and you have no recollection of anything that happened in the movie whatsoever. Like, I can't tell you one thing that happened in that movie other than Morgan Peter Brown is kind of like a counselor in it. That's it. And I think hey, that I there's might... some real whiny white people problems in that movie <laughs> that you are missing out on. So, anyways, uh, Jared Cohn, if you don't know, he is Asylum's man for knockoffs. He made mm. Atlantic Rim when Pacific Rim came out. He made he's made like a couple, you know, uh, other knockoffs movies. You might if you really follow us on Twitter, you would know he's the guy that was the actual quote director of Granny that Stephen C. Miller directed that Jamie Kennedy did a (laughs) Kickstarter for took Stephen C. Miller's name off of the of the short and basically said Jared Cohn directed the short. Wow. And then Stephen C. Miller <sighs> jumped in, and it was really, really funny how it all unfolded. Tweet with me like a man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> good time, guys. Text, text me like a man. Jamie Kennedy oh. said to Stephen C. Miller, text me like a man. And then he called me a troll and told me to fuck off. <clears throat> Jamie Kennedy then. Good times, Classy. Classy. So Twitter. I really wanted to see this movie because – I honestly, I don't know. Because if you look at the back of this, this looks like a sci-fi movie because of the glow. What's, what's this bullshit oh, called? It's called Little Dead Rotting Hood. Oh, dear God. And it's it's funny because I read the back and it's like an epic action thriller in vein of Underworld and Resident Evil. But it's <laughs> – there's no quote from anybody at the bottom. Uh, <laughs> so Asylum made awesome. this up. I even searched for that quote. Oh, it's it made up the request. Somebody, someone in the office just said that. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like cross between uh, <laughs> <laughs> underworld I, and whatever. All I have a feeling is that a bunch of bros run asylum. <laughs> it's just a bunch. Uh, of, probably, it's just a bunch of bro dudes be like, you know, fuck San Andreas. Let's make San Andreas quake, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You know I that movie about like those robots, Pacific Rim? <laughs> We're going to put that shit in Atlantic, and it's going to be Atlantic Rim. It's going to fight in the ocean. I think that it's all the dudes who try to come up with, like, the porn titles of their favorite movies. 
But then instead of making like the porn parody, they just make an actual parody and try to pass it off as a real movie. Oh, I, yeah, they I, shoot uh, these in like a week, dude. A That's day, generous. <laughs> a day. Little dead, little dead Rotting Hood is. What were they even trying to profit off of that Amanda Seyfried Red Riding Hood movie? I don't. But this just is came that what out. they're trying to. But this just came out. Usually their movies hit the shelf before the other ones come out in theaters. They're just going after yeah. the Walmart crowd. Yeah, because the people are like, wait a second. I saw the trailer of this on, on TV. Let's get Atlantic Rim. Yeah. <laughs> people, like, are, people are stupid. That's like why the Ouija experiment went crazy on Netflix because people are dumb. Oh, yeah. You know, it reminds me of that Eddie Murphy skit in Raw when he's little and he wants to have a McDonald's hamburger. Oh, and yeah, his, his mom has to make it for him. And his mom said, no, 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 I'll make him a sandwich just like McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's like, put, don't even have Asylum's a bun. the soggy red ketchup <laughs> bread of cinema. Is that what you're trying to say? So they just get, they get the bread instead of the bun. They, they're like, they put onions He's like they don't mm. uh, McDonald's don't put onions in their hamburgers. Well, this ain't McDonald's. This is my hamburger. That's what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> it feels. This it, is it, the best comparison to the and, and it's like it's like I feel like that would be at the store. Like you would take a little kid to the store. Like on the way there, it's like, Mom, I want to see Pacific Rim. No, it's going to cost thirty dollars. Let's get this for five dollars. It's Atlantic Rim. It's the same fucking movie, dude. I've been in. A we're going to get store. Transmorphers from Redbox. Don't do <laughs> yeah. that. We don't I've, have the. We're not oh. going to spend fifty dollars oh for Transformers. God. We're getting Transformers. That's the same thing. It's the same thing. <laughs> I've been. I've actually been in back in the back in the rental days when you actually would go to a store to rent movies. I remember being in the store hearing these types of conversations with the parents and their kids like uh, and i vowed I, I vowed i would never be that parent <laughs> good because like there it's it's really really ridiculous of kind of how this all unfolds and i still do not understand it i mean do they even did that knockoff of um that Daryl Lynn Bowsman movie, didn't they? No, the 13, 13, 13, or 11, 11, 11, or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, yeah. I want to say they cranked out a couple of them. Like, they yeah. put out a couple that had the, it's, the matching it's the same, dates. It's the same director, Jared Cohn. Yeah. Because he did 12, 12, 12, and 13, 13, 13. Well, like, my what question the fuck? is, how do they get away with this when, you know, John Carpenter's winning lawsuits over lockout, which... You know, is just far, far enough away that it's maybe not escape from New York, but just close enough to where it totally is, and that's why they lost that lawsuit. <laughs> but then things like the asylum completely exist. Like where where does the fair trade or parody act? Like where are those limitations? Because I don't. Because if I was trans, you know, Transformers when Transmorphers came out, I'd be like, "All right, you can suck my dick. I'm suing you for everything you're worth." All right, I just want to go through a couple of these real quick just to make you all laugh. Oh my god! Okay. All right. So when we had snakes on a plane, they had snakes on a train. <laughs> when oh, we yeah, had the da- when we had the Da Vinci Code, they had the Da Vinci Treasure. <laughs> 
We had a stranger calls. They had one of killer calls. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? They even So they, they did like a mock of a remake? <laughs> dude. That's some next even, level shit. Yeah, I know. World Mock- Trade Mocky Center mates. movie. World, they did a World Trade Center movie called the 9-11 Commission Report. <laughs> Straight up. That's the 9-11 Commission Report. And, of course, we know Transformers. But I think one of the other ones is Alien vs. Predator, AVP. They did AVH, Alien vs. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hunter. <laughs> But, like, uh. you can just go down and you can see, like, it's even, like, the worst, like, Cloverfield. They had Monster. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like what the Man, fuck? this is some off-brand Aldi cereal bullshit. And, this is not and, Cheerios, and Mom. This cereal. is toasted oats. And But the thing is, is they really hit it big with Sharknado. Oh, fuck. And these guys are making... Who knows how much? It's de- it's just depressing me all of a sudden. You know, I'm all of a sudden insanely depressed. Like, like what the fuck are we? Like, <laughs> like it's like everybody's like in the wrong, wrong business because it, it's just, <laughs> this this is the cash cow. You know, is we that got, we got YouTubers making money, <laughs> we got the asylum making money. Meanwhile, uh. I don't know. I can't think of a good example, but uh, movies are really good. Movies are bombing, and uh, you know, podcasts aren't making shit. So yeah, <laughs> but, we're doing you know, something it, wrong. It's 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 like I don't know. It's 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 like these movies are made for the first thing that comes to mind, like sitting in a room just joke. Like it's 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 a joke. Like even their originals, like Two Head Shark Attack. <laughs> Man, that made a bunch of money. What should we do? Make a three-headed shark attack? <laughs> well, yes, we should. That's, <laughs> I know you're joking around, but seriously, that's a really good idea, Jared. And people eat it up. I think what the, what the, what's so frustrating is that the Asylum is kind of taking that Roger Corman mentality of we have like a title and a poster before mm-hmm. we have anything else, which to some extent I admire. But if it was all original content, I would be so much more behind it. But yeah. the mockbuster thing just made like it feels so gross to me. But it's it's, it's but, lowest common denominator, you know. Right. Whereas at least Corman was, yeah, he was knocking stuff off, and then he would give the idea to filmmakers, and they would run with it, and they would make a cheap, you know, film. But it's, I don't know. Corman had some like he had something that these don't have. There's there is still a tinge of originality, and filmmakers who actually. We're kind of giving a shit. Like they were still kind of working hard. Because there wasn't a sense of like, hey, we're going into this knowing completely we're about to fuck you over. Mm-hmm. Whereas like asylum films, I watch them and I'm like, every single person involved in this is laughing at me right now. And it's like, <laughs> you fucking idiot. You gave me your $12 for this piece of shit. You're an idiot. And they all know it. Um, but I mean, at least the asylum does one good thing in the sense that they just take the entire guest list of uh, the history of TRL and then just puts <laughs> it in like a hat and then pulls people out and calls them for work. So good for them. I guess we'll bring some, some people, people out of work. retirement. Yeah. All right. All right. I got oh, one. God. I got one. Ready? I'm just gonna. Up? I'm gonna. I'm gonna say the plot and then I'll say the title of the oh. movie. When the magic mirror transports Snow White <laughs> and Rumpelstiltskin. From the kingdom to the modern day of Los Angeles. 
<laughs> it's up to Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Rapunzel, and Red to follow them in order to stop Rumpelstiltskin from taking over both the real and fantasy worlds. The title is Avengers Grim. <laughs> Dude, they took two movies. Oh my god. They took two um, different stories and put them together. How crazy is that um, shit? That's the next um, level shit right there. What? <laughs> and the thing is, we're Who's probably... in this? <laughs> um, uh, Lou Ferrigno? Good. <laughs> <laughs> And that's not a joke. Like, and the is sad he Rumpelstiltskin part, or is he just oh, like... Oh, please let him be Rumpelstiltskin. No, Casper Van Dien is Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So we're not, we're not doing anything but other than talking oh. listeners into watching these movies. Oh, well, we're going to skip the next terrible. two. The, the real movies we're going to talk about today, we're going to skip them and just keep on oh. going with this bullshit. Can we put a pin in this and can we have a... Yeah. <clears throat> an asylum episode where you just oh, watch man. this shit no asylum marathon oh, we God. may have to do it um I just realized something <sighs> looking at this poster for Avengers Grimm I actually saw this at Target and I almost bought it <laughs> but right. I almost bought it because I'm a dick and because Adam Green's ex-wife is in it <sighs> And I wanted to see what has happened since she left him. And mm. apparently she's doing asylum film. So I think uh, he cut some dead weight there. <laughs> All right. So here's a really cool thing is that if you go to Wikipedia and look up the asylum, they actually list asylum movies, but then they have the knockoffs next to Yes. Them. That's so, amazing. So um, like asylum embraces this shit. No, like they, they really, they have to. They, do you they think that that's how they avoid to. getting sued? Is that they're so upfront about what they're ripping off that it falls under parody? It's got to be. They're, it, they've it they, they've to, found yeah. some loophole where they, they totally, yeah, yep. Oh my god! Wait, <sighs> wait, one more, and I'm done. I'm okay. done. I promise. Dear God, I'm gonna so blow they, my brains they, out right now. When they did Death Race, <laughs> they did Death Racers. <laughs> but guess who's in it? Guess who's in it? Insane Clown Posse. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked at this. The top says Insane Clown Posse and WWE's The Raven oh. in Death Death Racers. God damn uncut, it, I have to watch this. Uncut, this is gonna be a uncensored uncut. and unbelievable. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. Can I get that tattooed on myself somewhere? Like, I want that to be the tagline for me as a person. <laughs> Next next year, uh, what is that little hatchet man? From <laughs> oh, the, the little, it's a, it's is the it hatchet, hatchet man? man. Wow. Yeah. I I used to have, until my phone decided, like, LOL, you don't have any space. Um, I would take pictures <laughs> of juggalos out in the wild and then just keep them. <laughs> because, like, <laughs> it's so funny. Like, you see, like, the hatchet man, like, license plate or, like, the nice family that's like out trying to have a nice meal and like <laughs> their son is like all juggaloed out and their parents just have this look of disdain on their faces of like please be a fucking face please be a fucking face <laughs> <laughs> right. juggaloes. I, I said well, i was juggaloes. done wow. are you done I, I said i was done however we're still on death racers 
the best part is is insane clown posse plays themselves because of their violent form of hip-hop was attributed to indirectly influencing multiple murders and acts of terrorism and a school massacre. This resulted in the rappers being convicted of these murders and being put in death racers. Of course. They're playing themselves. So my review of Little Dead Rotting Hood, I don't have one. Just watch (laughs) watch the Asylum movie. Hey, man. All right, Christ. let's move along. Um, oh God! Is it, are what you is done? Happening? You have everything? Yeah, I, I am. Okay, I am done. You saved the best for last. Oh my God! I had no idea that was going to be a conversational piece. I just <laughs> thought I would say it sucked. Moving on. Let's uh, let's jump into uh, stream screams here. Nate, wake up! There's something very important I forgot to tell you. Don't fucking scream at me! Scream, I'll break your neck. <laughs> Don't scream, miss. Don't scream. And uh, talk Peter Weller's first movie of unknown origin. It haunts our cities. It's here. This house. Now it wants them. And before they knew it was happening, it had already begun. If it doesn't kill them, it will scare them to death. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you sound so enthusiastic uh, to talk about Peter Weller's first movie. I don't know, man. I'm still on this. I, like, I I know that this ex- I know Asylum exists, and I know these movies exist. But every time I look at it, it's almost like I'm looking at it for the first time. <laughs> All right. So, so of if Asylum made of unknown origin, would be <laughs> what would it be called? Un- Origin Tricky of rat. The un- no, Origin of the Unknown. <laughs> Tricky <laughs> rat. <Being> called... <laughs> Tricky rat. <laughs> oh, man. And you killed him. <laughs> so, here we go. Of Unknown Origin... <laughs> Uh, Peter Willis' first film, 1983. Uh, <laughs> George Cosmatos. 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 I apologize. You can't read. Is this, uh, is this considered exploitation? Was this, this was filmed oh. in Montreal. Um, I don't, uh, Is I this don't on know. the Canexploitation.com list? It, um, I'm not sure. I'd have to ask Paul. Well, it should be because it's, it's Canadian- filmed on location in Montreal, Quebec, yeah. subbing itself for New York City. Hey, <clears throat> I would say that could be considered an exploitation. I maybe. think so. Uh, Peter Weller, pa- Peter Weller plays a businessman. Uh, he's in the, uh, 
I don't know, real, is he real estate or some shit? I don't know. But um, his wife and kid go out of town, and there's something in the house causing havoc. It's a tricky rat, guys. It's a rat. <laughs> tricky rat. Um, <laughs> and he basically <laughs> goes to war with the rat while having a big project due. Man, you're so, totally underselling this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm trying no. not to give any spoilers yet. No, no, no. Okay. Of unknown, <laughs> of unknown origin, tricky rat. <laughs> no, like, what's cool about this movie is that of unknown origin is you look at it on the outside of seeing, oh, it's a movie about a guy who faces off a rat. But, dude, this is like a psychological breakdown of a person. Yes. Like, totally. you literally get to see – and, like, Peter Weller really does a great job of being, hey, I'm this nice family man because I am fucking married to Shannon Tweed. How cool is that? Oh, and, boy. you know, Shannon she goes Tweed. away and then – what? Hmm? You talk about Shannon Tweed? Oh, man. She's a fox. She's a oh, stone yeah. cold fox. Yeah, she flies hail. <laughs> she's so good looking. It's ridiculous. So anyways, you know, and he slowly – breaks down over something that's just so small mm-hmm. but he can't control mm-hmm. and you know in it's it's a story of a psychological breakdown and also obsession because he becomes obsessed with trying to catch this rat himself most of all because he didn't just buy this home or rent it he built this home basically and you know restored it all himself right yeah he basically so got this, it yeah yeah, this is his own – like this is his house. This is <laughs> definitely his territory and the rat is coming in and you know, I, I think it's a really cool story because we get how obsessed he gets with trying to capture this rat. But at the same time, we're kind of getting this like you know, cat and mouse – um, but it was fucking tricky rats in the house <laughs> eat, eat up shit. And then it's almost to the point and there are some goofy points, but I, you know, through the film, but I really like how the rat starts to just fuck with them. Yeah, totally. Like the rat knows what's up, you know, and, 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 and it, and I was thinking this was going to be some grotesque mutant rat or something like that. No, but, no, that's uh, it's, the no, thing it's just a rat. It's you know, just the and, smartest rat in all of the land. <laughs> but that's the thing is that rats. I mean, we obviously know anything about rats, and Peter Weller does in the movie because he starts looking that shit up. But rats will find a way to live. Life will find a way. Um, so, like you know, he rats. Uh, he, uh, uh, rats uh, find a way. Rat, rats. Fired. Rats are tricky. <laughs> They're a tricky son of a bitch. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's it's not that hard to believe that <laughs> the rat, but other than getting in the bed with him, which I think is one of the funniest <laughs> things ever. Because I was like, dude, that rat is totally trying to bite your dick, son. <laughs> totally trying to bite your dick. But I don't know. I, I think it's a really great. Uh, film on a horror movie level and then also kind of just kind of a psychological yeah. drama at the same time. I, I, well, that's what I love how when you boil it down, simplistic it is. And, and, and once I realized, you know, where it was going with the psychological aspect of it, I just, I settled, I settled in my chair and, and let, let it you know, unfold in front of me, man. I, I, I loved, uh, I love this flick. Um, it's definitely operating on many levels for sure. BJ, 
your thoughts yes. on of unknown origin? I really liked it uh, because it felt very kind of back to the basics. It's mm-hmm. very the story itself is very Shakespearean, very Poe. It's very much you know this is an allegory for a father who you know could probably be taking better care of you know, his, his job and his family and uh, learning to appreciate the little things in life. But instead he's fixating on things that aren't important like this tricky rat. (laughs) Um, so it was, it's nice to see, you know, somebody's kind of, well, it's not, I see somebody's descent into madness, but it's nice that it is over something so simple. Mm -hmm. I mean, you made the comment earlier about how it's not this giant mutated rat. I mean, it would have been very easy for this to have been like, an Audrey two plant little shop style where it's just super nuts, but it's just right, a yeah. fucking rat. You know, we get a lot <laughs> of close ups is... of the rat and, you know, I mean, there are a couple attacks and, you know, you see the tail every once in a while, flip something. You're like, Jesus Christ, it's, it's huge. But yeah, you know, <clears throat> that, that, that's, but... I, I agree with you. Like it very could easily be that horror film, but it steers clear of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we also have the temptation for you know Peter Weller's character to cheat, yeah. you know, and it, it's a very mm-hmm. awkward sequence. Like where you know you, you don't you have that in films, but it's usually already pre-existing or it's really sleazy and it's already happening. Like we get the bond between the family and kind of there is the family is kind of strong. However, you know he is more obsessed about his work. Then he is caring about maybe finishing it earlier and spending time with his family. But, you know, shit happens. You know, it's this isn't fucking knock knock where his family goes away and the rat knocks on the door and wants to fuck him. <laughs> you know, like, are you sure? Because it was oh, trying man. to bite his dick. If Eli, if Eli Roth wrote this shit, it'd be like the rat is going to fuck him. <laughs> you know, the, you know, the end of rats when, you know, the guy pulls off the mask and it's actually a rat. It's going to be that girl. The rat will be a girl. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about, Roth? This is a Asylum movie. Let's go make it. Tricky rat. <laughs> so, um, you know, and, and that's the one thing with with um, George P. Cosmatos. He always, he, you know, he did the same thing with Cobra with Stallone. Mm. Is that Cobra, Stallone, action movie but if you look at cobra and break it down it's a fucking slasher movie it's a horror film with stallone chasing a fucking killer it's played by brian thompson who is a fucking creepy motherfucker to begin with you know and also you know leviathan and and stuff like that where you know leviathan's kind of a different level of deep sea creature horror film you know, he he really tries. He does these story arcs with characters, mm-hmm. and really gets in with you liking people. And then, kind of the back the backdrop, we have, you know, the the obstacle comes into play after we've already met people. You know, the movie's not focused around the rat. You know, in a good double feature with this is arachnophobia. Um, but like absolutely, arachn- like in arachnophobia. The spiders are a big part of the film already, but reverse, we have Peter Weller. We get to know him. You know, the rat's kind of a nuisance to begin with, and the it's almost like the more the rat knows that it pisses him off, the more the rat does. Yeah. You know, and it's almost like an interaction, which I think <laughs> is, is fucking great. So, 
anyways, it's 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 definitely a must. I mean, it's always really stuck out there as you know as a horror film. It's not traditional at all. Yeah, um, it's very untraditional, but I think that's what really works for it. Because you talk about all these fucking rat movies. Because I mean, there's a fucking slew of killer rat movies, and this is I the can't one deal that, with rats, <laughs> and that's why. But this <laughs> I, is one that target audience. But this is what I'm saying is this is one thing that stands stands out completely from the rest because you know it's just not about fucking rats gnawing on everything. It's yeah. you know it's about Peter Weller's character, which is it, you know it pretty, seems pretty like cool. <clears throat> this didn't make a lot of money during its theatrical run because it was sold as a horror movie like Jaws or whatever, and uh, but it wasn't. So it seems like the marketing of the film kind of killed it. Yeah. I mean, George, uh, George P. Cosmatos had a really good run. I mean, even with Rambo First Blood Part 2. Hell yeah. He, he did, you know, which Rambo First Blood Part 2 is a really fucking kick-ass sequel. I mean, mostly because James Cameron wrote it and he can write characters. But you also have George P. Cosmatos that can direct characters, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, and of course he did Tombstone later on, which is his last film before he died. Man, um, what a way to go out to, man! I was like, it's a hell of a film, though. You, do you know? Do you know who his son is? <clears throat> Panos Cosmatos, who did Beyond the Black Rainbow. Oh shit! Oh. Yes. Yeah. So um, let that settle in wow. with Beyond the Black Rainbow. Watching of an origin and Leviathan, it kind of sheds some light on Beyond the Black Rainbow, not with a storyline or story arc or anything, but kind of like. Just the influences, I guess. Right, yeah. Like, I th- I think Panos has said of Unknown Origin is his favorite of his father's movies, which, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think out of all – I think out of all of George's uh, films, I think Cobra is probably my favorite. Um, but Unknown of, of Origin is a pretty damn close second. And I think that's kind of um, unfortunate about of Unknown Origin here for Voodoo is, man, to – Buy it. It's seventeen ninety nine for the HD, Yeesh. which is crazy. If you have is the DVD, just the digital. Or- On DVD, it is out of print. Okay. Yeah, so you can if- you can rent it for three ninety nine, but um, which is what I did. And, yeah, uh, it, lo- it looked decent, but I was. I mean, I was if like, you have the disc, though. It is on the disc to digital disc to digital program. Oh, is it? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I I changed mine in and then some one of one of the people that um follows me actually messaged me, I think, and was like, Hey man, like I know that you're doing the disc to digital, can you wanna sell it? And I sold them for like, you know, five bucks or something like that. Nice. You're you're a good man. You didn't uh, rip the dude off. Yeah, well, you're a good American. I do that to people that I don't know. If I know you, I usually always cut you a deal. What? If I don't know you, you're fucked. <laughs> Tricky rat comes out, and I exactly. <laughs> so I, I have this on my wish list because I rented it, but I do want to own it at some point. And yeah, um, but so. I will tell you though, the HDX isn't all that much different from the DVD. Okay, it's not like it's not super fucking like ultra clear. It's it stick with your DVD. It's fine. Okay, good to unless know. you don't own it, then you know by all means get some. Better well, you quality. can buy the standard version for nine ninety nine, but you know I'm like well. You know, and if I ever want to watch it again, it's yeah, three ninety nine. You know, it's it's really not that big of a deal. It's there for me. Yeah, yeah. Me it's always, hopefully, it will always be there. Hopefully, I mean, it, it would be cool to get a you know 
a re-release of this because there is a D on the DVD. There is a commentary with uh, George Cosmatos. Yeah. And I think, and I think with Peter Weller, Hey, if we get, um, you know, I think Warner brothers owns it. So maybe we'll get, you know, Warner brothers, Blu-ray, maybe. Uh, That's what I'll I'll start bugging Warner archive about. Cause they, Hey, because of me, they released ice pirates. So I'll make sure you go after night school. (laughs) Please. Oh, awesome. Well, let's, uh, let's move along here. Um, I'll have the voodoo link in the show notes if you guys want to rent it, but we, uh, it's definitely worth checking out people. Yeah, absolutely. Check it out. The key. Well, here we are at last. Right where we ought to be. Oh my god! Uh, moving on, it's 1995, I want to say. Uh, Who picked this or is it movie? 93. Fred, did you pick it? Dominion. Dominion. Not did you not like Dominion? In any relation to uh, The Exorcist. Did you not like it? I did not like it <laughs> at all. <clears throat> Uh, directed by Michael Cahoe and starring Brad Johnson, Brian James, Tim Thomerson, and more people. Dude, Brian <laughs> James is Brian James is great. Brian James, right, that so, one guy from you, the beginning of Blade Runner. Okay. <laughs> no, this movie was wacky and goofy, and uh, you know, I mean. If you're intoxicated, BJ, you maybe like, there's some stuff to, to to like here. Do you like B-rated action movies from the 90s? Do I like them? Yeah. For the most part, yeah. I don't know why I don't like <laughs> this movie. I watched it and I was just like, I see what you're trying to do. I completely understand the aesthetic. I understand kind of the schlockiness to it. I get that I'm not supposed to take this serious. So it's not a matter of me not getting it. It just wasn't for me. I just... Uh, I I just I, found the character so insufferable, <laughs> and I did not care at all. Like, see, there but was, the, that's the thing is with a lot of these, like you know, these movies from the '90s, like stuff with Gary Daniels and you know Thomas Ian Griffin, and these just fucking you know, China, uh, China, well, China O'Brien series, but Cynthia Rothrock movies. They're all very basic and kind of silly, but some of them stick out more than others. And this always stuck out a little bit more than some of the normal direct-to-video action films is because Brian James is in it and he plays a fucking killer. I think that was the only you thing know? that kind of kept me through was Brian James. And I, I kind of like Tim Thomerson. So, I, you know, those two guys, I was like, all right, well, we'll see where this goes with these guys. Um, oh, I think they were going for it. I think they were, oh, man, they you know, were committed, going. and they were they were really <laughs> delivering um, some pretty good performances. In it like that for sure, but just the actual yeah. story itself. And I'm also very kind of hesitant with like <sighs> people who are like hiding out in the woods and that are that seem kind of functional, but at the same time are not. Um, 
I've never really gotten into that sort of subgenre, really. See, that's another one of my favorite things is that you can take any movie and set it in the woods, and I automatically have a phone. <laughs> yeah, I I don't. The 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 plot for this film that's is good is basically these guys uh, they get together every year for a hunting trip, right? And uh, yeah, yeah, there's and a they, crazy guy mm-hmm. out in the woods. Well, there's a certain killing section, everyone. Certain section that they're not really supposed to go and you know, there's been um i guess evidence of hitchhiker people missing and so but they get to go to this one area and that's when they come across uh, a man who has a dark past who is killing hunters that come into his territory the hunters become the hunted in dominion Dude, that? are you trying like this old school like grindhouse <laughs> trailer voice or something? Yeah, is it good? Did you fail? Like no. Nineteen ninety five. No, yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ! I think Michael he's masking, masking his reading comprehension skills. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I immediately dislike most movies surrounded by hunting trips. Um, if it's set up as like, oh, if we're going on a hunting trip, I, 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 you've lost me. I don't care. I Brett, hope that a deer spears you. <laughs> I don't care about you at all. Brad, have you ever so, been on a hunting trip? No, Once, I am, I'm against. And it was hunt. miserable, and I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm against. Uh, I, I'm against not against hunting. If you hunt, I'm not like, uh, like offended. I just, I could never bring myself to kill anything. Like I completely understand the whole like, like oh, I need to control meat. I'm population, glad that you, hunt, you know, bloody bloody blah. I get that, but the culture surrounding it, it just I have no, no. like, uh, it just makes it. I think I get like a knee jerk response to it because all of the shittiest people I've ever met are the people <laughs> that like wear like hot pink and camo in public. Oh well, yeah, like, the oh, people that kind of flaunt you? that they're um, hunters, you know, yeah. at your local Walmart. Those I mean, are the people hunting, you want hunting avoid. for sport, I, I can't get behind. If you're yeah, hunting it, for food, you know, or, I mean or for like nuisance control, I completely understand. But yeah. like yeah, yeah. whatever. Um but yeah well, I mean, so, we're gonna political <laughs> Yeah, here we go. That's yeah, that's hunting, kind yeah. of why I'm saying whatever because I knew that's where we were <laughs> heading into. But in terms of Dominion um, because of, I think, you know what? I think I just tapped into why I dislike this movie so much is because from the get go, those are two characters that I could care less about because I don't, I don't value them <laughs> because like, oh, all right, time to go into the woods and kill some stuff. Oh, we're not supposed to really be in this area, but fuck it. We're going to do it anyway. You, you're, you deserve everything coming to you. I hope he wears your skin. <laughs> Well, you know what? Since we're on the asylum debate, this oh, is wait, the asylum. This is not, we. I've never left. This is the <laughs> asylum of you know most dangerous game. Yep. Which, actually, actually, no. Most dangerous game was first. Then they made surviving the game, mm-hmm. and this is the asylum knockoff of surviving the game. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I mean, I, I mean, stuff like you know, because I always fucking love surviving the game. I think that's definitely one of the best. It's one of the Ice T, right? Yeah, Ice T, F. Murray Abraham. Uh, but that's one of those, you know, um, that's one of those films that I truly still to this day like action movies from the '90s, fucking Surviving the Game and Judgment Night. <laughs> those two movies 
are fucking great. And infinitely better than 1995's Dominion. Yes. They are, oh, they my are, God, yes. They, they are better, of course. But I don't know, in tradition of surviving the game, did you ever watch that movie Death Ring that I told you about? Yes. <clears throat> Death Ring is, more, is better than Dominion. Yeah. Oh, my God. Stop it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Say something's better than Dominion again. Skin Trade <laughs> is better than Dominion. Skin trade, the fucking Dolph. <laughs> I'm just looking up on my stack of DVDs here. I'm just like just throwing out names now. Yeah. Well, anyways, I don't know. With with tradition of that kind of the hunter, the hunters being the hunted, I've always really enjoyed that aspect. And when you throw some goofy '90s movie with it and over the top characters, and you know people overacting the whole time because they're really trying to do a good job. <laughs> But, you know, it's just not a very good movie put together. I, I don't know. I think this is one of those movies that's a lot of fun and always deserved a sequel. That ending of the movie is fucking cool as shit. You, didn't, you guys didn't watch it till the end. It's all right. It's I all mean... Good. You guys didn't watch it. I don't know if this I sure didn't. I won't lie. I didn't. I, I, may <laughs> I have, got to about... I may or may minute. not have fallen asleep. I got to about minute fifty five and I was like, and, and I said, Fuck that's it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm I fell sorry. I fell asleep, I woke I up it, and then I was like, I shit, I can't finish an this hour. thing. <laughs> My rule is always is always thirty minutes. Is like if you cannot grab my attention after thirty minutes, then oh I don't God, feel bad for tuning out. And I got to fifty five minutes and I was like, All right, yep. Um <laughs> The uh, beautiful, what are you going to do to me, whatever the fuck, while you're sitting. Like, what was the framing of that scene where he's like, he's like not in a box cage. I don't know what even to call it. And the other dude's just like sitting at his desk. And all you see is like his floating head just pleading with him. I'm like, what? I don't know what I'm supposed to be looking at right now. (laughs) And uh, no, I don't. Do not like, do not want. I get why you like it. I'm just, I, I'm not I you. Failed. <laughs> I failed. And you failed. But hey, watch this for Brian James and Tim Thomerson. Brian James. And watch it for the incredible ending. That way didn't you see. Say, <laughs> oh, bitch, you say that. <clears throat> you say that now. Mm-hmm. Is, is the ending really worth it? Because if so, I'll go back and watch it. Because I will end up finishing it. Because I don't. You know what happened to me? I was I was trying to stream it because I got a copy and I was trying to stream it to my TV and it kept freezing on me. So this movie, the first hour, how long is this movie? Hour and twenty minutes. It's like something like that. Hour and a half. The first hour took two hours because it kept stalling on me. Oh jeez. So I ended up falling asleep. But Mm, yeah, no, I'll I'll finish it. Um, I will finish it because that's just the person that I am, but, uh, I built, I built up the ending too much. Now it's wow. Suck. So I'm just going to come back next week and be like, what's the ending of Dominion? I still hate it. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I mean, you know, uh, I, I posted this, the picture of this movie in, uh, the Facebook group, uh, gentleman's guide to midnight cinema and they all, freaked out and loved it so there is love for this film out there and uh if there is you, because it's just it's just pure fucking cheese yes yeah, it's, it's machismo you know, cheese you don't you That's don't fine. have 
you have a goofy villain. You don't have, you know, you don't care about any of the characters because there's not enough relationship building. I mean, the whole thing about kind of outdoors stuff is team building, relationship building, and they don't do any of that. They we sit around the campfire and they say, isn't this great, guys? This is what it's all about, guys. Just sitting here. <laughs> we don't have to hunt. Just this is what it's about. Oh, God, kill me. <laughs> kill uh, me now. Awesome. Man. This could be found in the shady parts of the internet. Uh, uh, it's not on YouTube. So if you know where to find stuff, you can find Dominion, 1995's Dominion. You can buy it on VHS for like 20 bucks, Sean. Yeah, who's spending $20 on a VHS tape? Me. Okay. <laughs> Not this one, thank God. <laughs> but I mean, why, why would I spend $20 on a VHS tape that I haven't seen? Um, I mean, if you found, if I found this at like a Goodwill or thrift store for would a few bucks. Would you buy Enemy Territory for $20 on VHS? On DVD? You're a piece of shit. <laughs> I don't have a VHS player. It broke. So I'm Probably stuck. Well, I'm stuck you need and to get moved yourself to a, cousin, cousin, a combo player. <laughs> <laughs> I did, and it broke. Uh, I think one of my kids put something into it. Um, <laughs> no, for killing it. <laughs> something. That's, is that why you have to there. give him treats when he goes to the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't put a oh. VCR this time, buddy. No, this, this is a tra- it's a training thing. We got to get him excited about pooping in the toilet because pooping in the pants, no bueno. That's true. All right, I, I think we I think we can move along, um, guys. Next next week, Brad and I got a chance to talk to John Michael Thor, so you will be hearing that interview. Pretty excited about it. He's a fantastic guy. Um, loved talking to him. We're going to be starting kicking off heavy metal horror month, so we'll be of course talking to uh, Thor. We will also be discussing Maximum Overdrive. And hack lantern So yeah. we want to start letting you guys know what we're going to be covering because a lot of people um, want to try to – they've hit us up online and everything. They want, to, they want to prepare for the show. So we'll start kind of teasing the next episode at the end of, you know, at the end of each week. So get ready for that. It's going to be a really fun month. I'm really looking forward to it. I have my stack of heavy metal horror set aside. Brad has done some research and found some fantastic things for the VHS Oh My God segment. And uh, we're we're working on the stream screams for that one. It's a bit tougher, but um, but it's gonna be gonna be a good time. So uh, we also have some treats uh, on on the website. A lot of our writers are are working, and we may have some guest writers uh, that we're working on. So of course, be checking back with thescreamcast.com for all that. Joshua Obershaw has been working overtime. Been kicking ass and taking names uh, on that site. We really appreciate all the work that he's done with the new stuff. Um, like I said, I have a link to the jog thing. I would love to hear what you guys' uh, favorite horror movies are. Please click the reply. Don't be too cool to do it. I've had some people on Facebook tonight saying, "Oh, I just posted my favorites on the comments, so why would I reply?" I'm, just, you know, it's like, don't be too cool. Let's have have some fun. Hey, some people don't want to videotape, Sean. They don't feel comfortable. We want to hear your sil- silky, sultry voices on our podcast. Jesus. <clears throat> uh, anyway. Definitely not going to do it now. Moving along, please check out our sponsors. Go to coffeeshopofhorrors.com. Check out their coffee. Use the code SCREAMCAST. When you place an order, you will get 10% off your order. 
Uh, I was having the Highlander Grog tonight. It's kind of my go-to when we do the podcast lately. I love it. And um, we are going to be in in the month of February. We will be doing a drawing. We'll do some something to do with heavy metal horror. We'll have to figure something out. Um, so we'll do we'll have that kind of thing for you to write in a story about heavy metal horror. We'll, we'll let you know probably next week. But also, if you uh, buy something from Coffee Shop of Horrors or if you buy something from GrindhouseVideo.com. Um, Email us at uh, readme at thescreamcast.com. Email us the transaction. You will get put into the, uh, the fucking fedora for the drawing. I am buying you a new goddamn hat. <clears throat> well, I got such a stupid, uh, I got just stupid regular baseball hats, but I mean. Use no. the stupid regular baseball hat. All right, fine. Um, so go to screamcast.com slash sponsors and please give them uh, your love. Of course, check out Wolfmen of Mars, all their music, and check out Kevin Spencer's art at inkspatters.net. Buy some prints from him and give him some hot, sweaty love. He can eat <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for this week's show. We'll talk to all of you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, don't tell me you're leaving. The party's just begun.